Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network. to another episode of buy or sell what the hell this is jason jenkins your host i'm with d dimitri ferguson as usual and alex z excited to be hey guys hey (laughs) another episode we're back at it these are getting mighty regular i don't know if the audience is ready for this much uh buy or sell what the hell they need to take a step back they need to take a breath from the awesomeness. Well, there's kidding. a lot going on lately. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. What do you guys want to lead off with? I mean, as we talk, the markets, well, I'm looking at a couple different exchanges over on Binance Monero's at 250. Litecoin is down at this big 140 level. Cardano's float flirting with its all time lows at 40 cents. Binance is under 10. There's some big levels in the market today. You guys want to start there, or do you want to talk about news? Uh, I said we just go ahead and start there, and then let's talk about some news afterwards. We rolled it into we rolled it into that, so let's let's talk about these levels in the market and and what people should be reacting to or shouldn't be reacting to. Let's okay. hit them heavy with the trade with the with the trade speak from the top. I mean, the biggest thing, we talked about it on Tuesday, is the closes always matter, right? So the daily close, weekly closes, monthly closes. And what's interesting is today is the first, right? It's February 1st. And where we closed last month, we technically didn't break a lot of the levels. So we'll see if we were to rally out of here um, and we closed the week above some of these levels and maybe... Maybe that was a decent hold. It's just yet to be seen. So I know, I don't know if it's a lot of amateur traders or novice traders always want to talk about where's the market going to go? Is it going to hold? Blah, blah, blah. You just don't know. I mean, it's you want to think more if-then scenarios than, hey, I think I can forecast this thing. Because, you know, if you buy it, fine. You know where your stop is. If it, it breaks, like if you buy Cardano right now, it's 40 cents. You don't have a lot of risk. I mean, just to get back to where it was trading last week, it's almost a double um, at 70 to 80 cents. So the way you got to kind of play it is if if you buy it, fine. Where's your risk? Pretty close to the market. If we break that, I think it matters today where we close. I mean, it's big levels pretty much across the board. So um, we've talked about if Bitcoin breaks this kind of 8,000, 9,000 area, depending on which exchange you're looking at, then everybody's going to be focused on the 200 day which makes sense and then in our model we're something called the pie line which is actually below that i've done a lot of videos on it that's down at six thousand on mm-hmm. bitcoin 
So it's just an if-then scenario. You can buy it. You know, it depends how you want to play it. You can buy it here, tight stop. That's good risk, good risk reward. You can you can wait and see if we break. Um, but either way, we'll see how we close the day, see how we close the week. And then obviously we have a lot of month left here in February. Um, you, yeah. were, uh, you, you were talking about the 200 line uh, average on Bitcoin earlier today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wanted to say we talked about it on our, our live trading room this morning. We were trading Forex and one of my traders was asking me, how do you play the options? And how do I play options on a stock like Apple? And then we got talking about the 200 day and I was showing them some things. And it is kind of tough to talk only on audio about that. <clears throat> but one of the simple things to identify a bull market is to look at the price action. If it's above the 200 day, that typically signals that's a bull market. It's a very simple way to do it. But more importantly, is, is that 200 rising? And the mistake I see a lot, whether it's uh, more amateur traders or professional traders, is they want to trade around a moving average like it's the end-all, be-all. So, oh, I'm above the average, I'm bullish. Oh, it's below this average, it's bearish. But you, you have to take it in the context. So if I have a rising moving average and just because price, you know, plugs into it or goes a little bit below it it doesn't it's kind of silly to say that oh it was bullish 10 minutes ago and now it broke this line on the chart it's bearish it's all relative and what what we were talking about is typically you would see on a stock like apple i mean it's covered on the news right if you turn on it cnbc this happens so much and it's the same kind of price pattern that's happened to bitcoin recently is you break what we call the bands that happen to break up around 12,000 and then you start to get a deeper pullback and the next logical place is the 200 day. Um, but even if you break that 200 day, there's a pie line below that line that we like to use. It's the 314 period moving average. I've never seen anybody else use it in all my years on the street. So it's not a self-fulfilling thing that, oh, there's a bunch of traders that see this pie line on the chart. That's why it held. <clears throat> it's more of a cyclical thing, and it and it does hold so many times. It's crazy. It still amazes me on any time frame. But the point being is that you'll see you'll see that bigger pullback happen. I've seen it happen on Apple all the time. As soon as you break the 200, everybody starts talking about, oh, this is bearish. Apple's in a bear market. And what happens is, traders start shorting it just because it's below that average typically it'll fall right to what we call our pie line or right in that area and then it just totally traps everybody that that shorts it into the lows and you get whipsawed and i just saw some people posting it in the room it's the same thing They're like oh well if bitcoin breaks the 200 day then it's going to be in a bearish uh it'll be bearish long-term bear market and that's just not simply true. The only thing that's going to break it into a long-term bear market is if you actually break the higher lows, and those are down at like six thousand. So I, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's too hard to 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 visualize when we're just talking about it. So I have a question: like these moving averages that that people tend to treat as like the uh, I don't know the holy grail of how to make decisions when it comes to trading. Is um, where do they come from? Is this 200-day moving average? Is that something that was just adopted from uh, 
uh, you know, previous trading practices? Is that a standard? If it is yeah. a standard, um, does it even apply to crypto? Like, is there a different set of moving averages that people should be looking at that are more accurate and uh, their predictability or maybe even like some of the lagging indicators? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, where I came from is just to the technical analysts. I've been using it for a long time. I mean, it's more about how you use them to me. I mean, there's some things that obviously do and don't work. I mean, I started off using moving average crosses and you just, you can find out the hard way that it's very lagging. Um, but there's different trading models. If that works for you, I guess, I guess use it. But the, just saying that, hey, I'm above the 50-day, it's bullish, hey, we're below the 50-day. I mean, we really need to evolve past that and actually have more factors in the model than just, just you know, it is just a line on the chart. And I always tell our guys, it's like, these are areas where you're going to get a higher low. It's not line-specific. I mean, a moving average doesn't create support or resistance. It's the prior price action where people were buying and selling that creates a support resistance. It's not the line on the chart, but what you want to focus on are they, okay, this is an area where I typically in an uptrend, you'll get a higher low, or that's what I mean about the 200 here. <clears throat> it's clearly in play down at 8,000 on Bitcoin. If you're looking at a daily chart, whether you touch it, whether you come you know, 200 points in front of it, or you plug into it by 200 points and then rip out of there, the point is, is that it's an area. So the last thing you want to do is, is sell into a, the lows just because it breaks the 200, especially after it's basically fallen in a straight line from 12,000. I mean, that's just, you're just asking to sell the low at that point. Um, so anyway, I just, I just know we're going to see that, that if we break the 200, everybody's going to see, say, oh, this is a bear market. It'll be all over Twitter. And then we have our pie line down at 6,000. So I was telling my guys, if you want to buy it here, that makes sense. We bought a little bit, tight stop. If we can't, then I'm going to go to the sidelines and then we'll see what happens at the 200. If you, if you go through it, really the level is down at 6,000. That's where our pie line is. That's where the bands are and the weekly level. It's the support back from, let me see if this was November. It's the support back from November 12th. So that's the real level. It's not, I don't know, I'm just telling you, I can see that happening if we break the 200. <clears throat> yeah, it to me, it seems like people don't realize just how fast the space moves. It, it moves at the speed of the way things should move nowadays. And yeah. we went from 10,000 to 20,000 in like three weeks. I think you were talking about that, Alec, right before we started recording, right? You're like, the market cap doubled in less than a month. I mean, yeah, you, you have to expect some sort of profit-taking. I mean, it's people are going to take their Ws. Oh, yeah. Hell, I personally took some Ws. But yeah. like, oh, yeah, paid off student loans. I'm sure Uncle Sam's not going to be happy about that next year. I'm going to be like, where'd all that money come from? I'm going to be like, wouldn't you like to know? I'll tell you, I'm kidding. I don't want to go to jail. I saw what Wesley Snipes has gone through. But, you know, people are going to take their wins, especially when you have a win like that. If you've been buying crypto for years and years and years, and then all of a sudden it pops up, yeah, people are going to take their Ws. 
because yeah. it, you know what's an investment if you never sell it mm-hmm. you know yep. it's just just value just sitting there so that's something that I, I can't coin that phrase i gotta take it from my other co-host marcello on on the bitcoin podcast he says that all the time like yeah it's a currency yeah it's an investment yeah it's a technology but for the investment piece you can't consider it a great investment if you don't sell it into something else mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he had a good point there but yeah so at levels you guys want to talk about uh tether i do want to talk about tether and i'm not talking about tetherball greatest uh greatest playground game of all time really even better than foursquare Ooh. Mm. I like foursquare foursquare was pretty good black magic white magic mm-hmm. those are some solid rules <laughs> no slams no bounce oh man Anyways. When I was in uh, when I was in elementary school, they had to take away all the tetherball. It was just poles everywhere. It would get violent. Yeah, just yeah, generational thing, I guess. Or these days, they just get rid of recess altogether. Well, oh, that's yeah, nice just yeah. give them a fidget spinner. Just <laughs> give them a fidget spinner. <laughs> they don't need to go run around in a vape. Let them fidget <laughs> spin in a vape at the age of twelve. <laughs> I'll tell you what stopped Tetherball, and then we can actually start talking about crypto again. And that's the fight that broke out every time you said no rope throws, and somebody grabbed that rope and threw it around, and you lost. Oh. That's a fight. That's a fight right there. You got to stop everything you're doing, <laughs> and you got to make sure justice is served. So, anyways, let's get back to crypto. You guys can Google Tetherball if you're interested, <laughs> or YouTube it. So, Tether, uh, the Bitfinex is, a, is this proponent. They've been they've been minting Tether like it's going that style, right, Alec? How many to date so far since they kind of fell out with their auditor? I think it's over another two billion. It's it's getting it's getting tough to pick an exchange too. Yeah, Bitfinex under audit, Kraken's unusable. You know, Binance you can't even get an account. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know where you're gonna go to trade anymore. It's getting tough. It almost feels orchestrated. I'm not gonna. Say, I'm not gonna put my tinfoil hat on. I do that enough in my personal life, but it's yeah. just getting tough. And like the thing that is interesting is uh, the U.S. doesn't like people minting currency that's pegged to the dollar, but they love minting dollars like it's going out of style. <laughs> it's the biggest. Right. <laughs> it's kind right. of the biggest hypocrisy of all time, but. It's a understood and played with hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I mean, I don't know. I was, we were just talking, you know, I, I would have to know more how like Steam, it, Steam dollars is put together and bit shares, but it seems like those guys were pretty open about, hey, we're going to print this much coin as our, as our user base grows. And as long as their user base is growing, they're going to have to have, currency to keep up with that that growth which that makes sense and i don't know if it would necessarily be a bad thing if if tether took that approach but the fact that they really set themselves out as saying hey this is dollar for dollar right (laughs) now i think it started out okay and then i mean you can just see the amount of inflows especially when the market sells off there's just no way they can keep up with it and so now i just think they're stuck i mean 
I don't know what the solution is. Does it make sense to keep printing? I mean, I don't, I don't really have a problem with it as long as you just, you just don't want to sell into USDT and then wake up and it's at 30 cents, you know? Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, that's, um, maybe that's kind of why, you know, the incumbents were scoffing at crypto for so long. Just, you know, a lot of the crypto proponents are like quantitative easing in it. You just can't print money. You just can't print money. But maybe that's what they've gotten to is the point where like, hey, like this is the only solution we got. We yeah. we don't understand the math anymore. And if we don't get it, you're not going to get it. And so now we're starting to see some inklings of that happening with this tether incident. It's like, they're like, oh, man, just just mint, just make some more. It'll it'll smooth things well, out. Well, and then like, did any of you guys have it? Did you ever put any of that tether in their wallet? We actually had a bot that was trading against tether for a while, but as soon as we heard like an inkling of some foul play going on, we stopped that immediately and just went straight back to Bitcoin pairs. Well, I mean, I thought I was doing the right thing, getting it off the exchanges when I would trade into USDT, and like, all right, well, can't you know? At the time. I couldn't put it in my ledger. I st- I still don't think you can, can you? Nope. nope. So you can't put it there. Can't put it into Exodus or something like that. I mean, maybe there's another wallet. I'm, I'm sure there's somebody that knows, like, hey, use this wallet. But it's like, okay, well, I'll just move it onto their web wallet. It's their native wallet, even though it's, you know, it's on their site. It's probably better than being on Kraken or somewhere on the exchange. So, so then you move it to there, and then and they got hacked. So then that, that, I mean, my tether was frozen there for at least probably a month, month and a half. And then they finally came out and said, hey, you can withdraw. I took it out immediately, and it took a couple transactions. But I'm sure they, they had to print to cover that too, because that was probably, what, $30 million when that when the tether got hacked? Yep. You guys remember the number? I do remember. Uh, I don't remember the number. I'm pretty sure it was 30. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. But I remember <laughs> it happening. Oh. Uh, so so there's there's one of two options it goes, right? It's either going to be insolvent or they're going to give it the okay. What do you guys think is going to happen uh, if they don't give it the okay? I mean, what kind of fallout when people don't have an option to sit on the sidelines? I think it's going to be the first. That's three think, years of Tether, people being able to sit on the sidelines. I think Bitcoin, they, Bitcoin was at 300 bucks when Tether came out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, are they really going to have to – are they going to be held accountable to anybody here? Really? Who is going to be held accountable? Is it Bitfinex or are these guys openly out there yeah. as part of the Tether project? They're, they're pretty open about – uh, get down. I actually had a conversation with one of the founders of Bitfinex years ago. Um, I mean, they're they're open about what they're doing to the point where now they've got the the flashlight shined on on their operation. So, but I mean, legally, do they really have? To, I don't because they're not regulated. I guess they probably don't even have to. You can petition all you want, but <laughs> you know, are they going to really have to open up their books? I don't know if they will. Mm. That's kind of where I see it. Just sitting that uh, nobody really knows. Yeah, gray area. Yeah, it's another the risk, turning. 
to me, it looks like another turning point, right? So let's say, I'm trying to speculate on your question, Alec, is that let's say that it's a bad thing. They're insolvent and it's not okay, right? We've Mm -hmm. gone through a goxing. We know what that feels like. Now this kind of sets the stage for some sort of governing, right? That some, a new maturity in the market. So after the goxing, now we have, there's just so many exchanges, right? There's there's way more exchanges than just Mt. Gox. There's a lot more volume out there than just Mt. Gox. So what happens after this next blow? Like, okay, we've got Bitfinex. They go down. What's the next stage of maturity look like? Uh, is it some sort of, some inkling of governance? Like what's going on in South Korea, in Japan? It seems like there's no more anonymous trading going on. Mm-hmm. You've got to say who you are and what you're doing with this crypto. Yeah. And maybe that's a good thing. You know, I mean. I mean, it's probably going to bring in a lot more money long term. I mean, people people want, they don't see crypto as safe. A lot of these old school uh, investors. I mean, I'm sure you can speak to that, Jason. Where as soon as more regulation hits, people deem it safer and they want to get involved. Yeah, I think, you know, I think on the ideas of regulation, just like a lot of things, it doesn't have to be all or none. It doesn't have to be, you know, left and right. It could be some solutions in the middle. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the fact is, like, the real big money or institutional money, there's there's a lot of rules and regulation around what you can invest in. Um, even if they want to get into the asset class, they see it as legitimate. There's a lot of smart money and institutions that that get it and want to be involved. Um, But wanting to, and actually being able to say, Hey, we can invest in this. They can't because it's not, it's not, it's not regulated. Then you get into other things like, you know, you have big money that wants to be put in, you know, you got a billion, 2 billion that you want to allocate. They want to be in stuff that has as SPIC insurance, all, all that stuff, we're still working through all that. I mean, just to say, hey, we don't want it regulated. I mean, I get that from from a very libertarian standpoint. And we, you know, less regulation typically uh, better for business. I get that. I'm with that. It's just none in financial markets, like no regulation. That's not going to happen. Yeah. That's. So you, go ahead. Go ahead, Alex. So you think this might be a, a catalyst? I think for whoever who prom- who's who wants to see more regulation and whatever you're, you know, if somebody has, if it's in their best interest to, you know, uh, the proponents of regulation, whether it be people at these agencies that that are that want to fight it, that want to get in there, that want a piece of it, well, they're going to use everything they can to say, hey, see, this is why we need lots of regulation. Blah 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 blah. blah. <clears throat> um, they're gonna use. I'm surprised we haven't heard more about BitConnect and people complaining about that. I don't know. We'll see. You're gonna start to see like these congressional hearings or something. Didn't somebody post that they're gonna be talking about the CFTC chiefs next week? So you're gonna yeah. hear these probably some of these congressional guys saying, "Hey, you know, look at this. We've seen what happened to BitConnect." Uh, we've seen what happens Mount Gox. They still like to use that. 
it's yeah. just growing pains for us to get through. There, there are there's some tokenization solutions that we got to try to figure out, though. I mean, if, whether it's like Robinhood saying, "Well, we're going to make it easier for you to bring dollars and cash in and out of the crypto markets," that's awesome. Or if it's um, you know us figuring out some other solutions to tether where the big thing is you just want to be able to move in and out of crypto and not have to go all the way back to, to dollars. Um, Cause right now it's just too much of, it's too much of a hassle going in and out. It's much easier to just do a trade swap to USDT. And then the nice part about tether is in the afternoon, you could be back in, in and out of a few other trades instead of having to, Go to Coinbase, sell, transfer to your bank account so the cash isn't just sitting on the exchange. Yeah. Yeah. We're maybe. just missing that solution right now. And then and if yeah. you know, what do you you guys you guys think I mean I mean maybe after this whole tether thing shakes out, well some sort of foundation where solutions like that can become available instead of being in that gray area. Yeah. Yep. To me it feels like a choking point. Like I think the funny thing about crypto's roots is that it's heavily fueled by crypto anarchism. Yeah. And I always look at an anarchist and I'm like, oh, it's such a cool symbol, like an A circled and it points out a little bit outside of the circle. It's so cool. <laughs> but you're never asking yourself the question, what's next? And you're like, oh, well, anything is better than what we have now. And it's like, oh, that's a cop out, my friend. Because unless you're willing for something to topple and you don't have a solution, that's just a cop out, right? right. You know, so and the reason I say this is that if crypto doesn't find a way to get along with the way things currently work and push it forward together, then it's going to just be a tough road the whole time. And yeah. what it feels like is governments are finally saying like. Ooh, you're reaching a billion dollars or a trillion dollars in um, in market cap. That's cute. Let's put some pressure on this. So you've got global pressure going on all these exchanges, and it's waking up the crypto community like, oh, yeah, that anarchy thing sounded cool. Right. <laughs> but we really have a lot of work to do. Those guys actually have an army. <laughs> yeah. like We don't want to. We don't want to in our taxes together to have an army now yeah. we might want to rethink that if i were uncle sam i'd just be sending out like mass emails because i already have everyone's email address just mass emails of like the <laughs> specifications of our first generation abrams tank and we're on like fifth generation now and just be like <laughs> hey look this is this is what we're working with so <laughs> that was cute we like you web we like your web pages we like your forums a lot of hoorah going on, but when it comes down to getting along with us, you've got a long path, yeah. and that's and that's kind of like what it feels like. Because is whenever the SEC and the CFTC did I get that right? The acronym CFTC. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whenever they're acting in unison, it's like okay, they're getting serious. Like they're they're teamed up together. Yeah. But. To, <laughs> It's going to be a little bit of a battle. There's going to be some people that absolutely want to get rid of it. You can see it in the gold bugs. The gold bugs can't say anything good about crypto, and yet gold has done nothing since 2011 except go down. And then 
that there's going to be the, you know, the uh, people drunk on power that never want to give any, you know, they want government to have complete control. But then there's so much money been made in crypto. I mean, you look at really where's the new money been made, the new fortunes been made. It's all been in crypto since mm -hmm. really since the dot-com burst. I mean, uh, so there's a lot of money there. There's a lot of miner miners that have a lot of power and they're not going to, they can buy influence. And so there's going to be a part of the governments and governments around the world that do are going to want to play nice, just like what Wyoming's doing. They're not, you can bet that there's, you know, some people that are pretty influential in the space, like saying, Hey, this is an amazing technology. We need to find somebody that's willing to work with us here. That's wants to be realistic. And that's what was great about that Wyoming news and what they're trying to put forward. We need more of that. Um, but it's going to be a battle. I mean, if you're any big bank and you don't you don't want to see crypto survive, you could have been leaning on this. You know, if they got accounts open up on any of these exchanges, I'll say that one other thing that I think people have a little bit misconception on is this idea that we have futures now in Bitcoin, and that that means that the people are selling the futures, which is pushing the Bitcoin price down. That's actually the opposite. So. If you wanted to get Bitcoin down, you'd have to lean on the, the spot market or the cash market. So you would have to be actually selling the Bitcoin and then the futures are going to follow that spot for the most part. You can have dislocations where you, somebody really smashes the futures and that gets a little bit out of whack versus where the spot price is. But really, if somebody wants to manipulate and take advantage of this, you would be selling the piss out of Bitcoin on these different exchanges where there sometimes isn't a lot of liquidity try to get it down there and then at the same time be buying the futures long because when that selling stops and you're long a bunch of futures, you can be long much more with a lot less capital because of the leverage and then you actually going to kill it if and when, if and when we rally out of here. So I don't know. I just hear something. Oh, the, it's because of the futures, the futures. That's why we're down. That doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, a little bit more back on that regulation too. Uh, some of these projects are just kind of asking for it with BitConnect, tethered, you know, right to the dollar, you know, no no public audits. I mm -hmm. mean, without without some sort of self-regulation, regulatory body organization, I mean, you're kind of just asking for that government regulation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's kind of... And then you know you you see other Huobi, huge exchange. They're moving to the U.S. now. Where were they out of? I know they were in Asia, right? They were in Asia. Um, China. I want to say China. That's it. That's my final answer. <laughs> they were they were in China, and they're moving to the U.S. So, you know, there's. Anyone who's trying to put a crystal ball on this industry and predict what is and what is not going to happen, it's like, good luck. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but we can speak to what is happening. And, it, and to me, just personally, it feels like governments are working in unison to quiet us down a little bit. Mm -hmm. And There's definitely also, been, yeah, go ahead. I was just saying, I agree with you, D. There's been a lot of similar headlines we talked about last time all <laughs> the same point 
just roll out on the tape. It's, yep. like, it's almost like it was choreographed sometimes. Yep. And then it's not a bad thing, but to a government looking at one group of people make four and five digit returns, like at the very end of the day, the government's going to be like, I got to get me a piece of that. I got to get in on that. So we're up 10, we're up 10 X really since the summer, 10 times. Bitcoin was at 2000. Yeah. 20. Yeah. That's insane. insane. Governments, uh, like I like to call it, whether you agree with it or not is legally mandated mafioso tactics. And that's what they do. If you're making a lot of money, they're going to come and they're going to say, I'm going to offer you my protection for a small fee. And then, that's how it works. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so, um, that was a great accent, by the way, wasn't it? It's a great Italian. Oh, is that what that was? I tried. Yeah, I swung I for couldn't it. See your hands, a little Irish. Yes, I couldn't see your hands. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Is there anything else we wanted to uh, talk to? I think we covered a decent amount. We just had some big levels here. So I don't know if, if some of you guys enjoyed this. Um, there's, you know, we're always trying to update. And the reason we started Jenkins Risk Management and then Block Edge Capital is with the emphasis on risk management. So there's a lot of people that already got halved by chasing 19,000 in front of 20,000. Now we're back at 10. If we break 10, there's, there's still a chance you go to six. So I don't know. We're trying to just, help people know where the risk is and plan their trades. And there's a lot we do on the timing side, obviously don't always get it right, but um, anyway, so if you guys are interested in that, just come join our chat. We talking about the markets and this type of stuff all day long. It's JenkinsRM.com. underneath the services tab is a, is a chat room. There you go. What else do we got out there, Alec? Let's just promote everything that we're doing. <laughs> I mean, all the information you, you pretty much need is going to be on JenkinsRM.com. Uh, underneath the uh, crypto coin team, there's a few different options depending what you're interested in. Well, and, and guys, we've been putting out um, on Medium under Block Edge Capital. And I, I don't know how, where to direct people to the Medium page, but underneath the block, Dimitri, you know how you're structuring all that. Absolutely. So look on medium.com slash block edge capital and you can get straight to our blog posts uh, or articles. So we're starting this 100 day article series called a day in the 100 where we uh, highlight a token and we talk about its fundamentals, a little bit about its history, a little bit about how, you know, some current activity going on with it. And then at the bottom, we have uh, some trading technical expertise sprinkled in um so you could see basically where it's headed going into the next month or so so um or where we think it's headed we can't put absolutes on it we know that now but (laughs) we uh add some analysis to that token just so you can get a bit of both of like what's the background on this token? Why does it even exist? And what's funny, I think it's going to be an interesting experiment because as we get to some of these tokens that are in the top 100 for no reason other than they have like a great website, it's going to shine a light on some of this stuff. Yeah. So it's a very interesting project uh, that we started up 
and you guys can read all those. We have four of them out now. Uh, you can comment on there too, right? I'm not yeah. The, I'm not Give really us feedback. Yeah, so let us know if there's particular coins you guys, you know, that you think are interesting that we're not covering or you want us to cover. Yep. Or if you think that we're doing a sucky job at this or that, you can let us know too. Yeah, give us the feedback. There's no such thing as bad feedback. That's what I say. So, <laughs> or maybe there is. I don't know. But all feedback is welcome. That's so, um, what else do we have going on? Of course, this show. If you like this show and you want to hear older versions of this show, you can go to the Bitcoin Network and you click on the podcast tab. And you go down to buy or sell what the hell, and there you go. I was taking you straight there. You can listen yeah. to all the older shows. Um, yeah. We got anything else? I, I think, think that's so. it. So we back here Tuesday. Back again next Tuesday. All right. I'm gonna start putting like a recorded on date in the show description because we talk about time sensitive stuff. It seems so. Yeah. Well, just to let the audience know, we're, we'll be. You know, more of a regular schedule Tuesday, Thursday, so twice the content. Yep. And you you can expect it. Well, we say wrap it up. I like wrap it up being our thing. Sounds good. All right, guys. Good luck out there. <laughs>